Welcome to Real Souls. Today we have on a special guest, Kristen Bentley. Um, she's here today to share a little of her journey and life experience. You know, what's so fascinating is we all have our journeys we go through, and um, each of us are unique, and we have just our own roads that and paths we go on. But there seems to be sometimes common threads and things that we can relate to. Uh, and I brought on Kristen. She has a fascinating story, and I'm hoping that um, there's some takeaway with um, some of the things that she may share. So um, she is the founder of uh, the Northwest Military Wives Foundation, and she's also a writer. I want to welcome Kristen to the show. Hello there. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So I um, usually always start with um, asking uh um, I guess the question, how did you get from where you are today? Um, what is your journey? And that's going to take up some most of the show because yours is kind of fascinating to um, share. So feel free to start where you're comfortable at starting and um, and just uh, start kind of where you're where you're comfortable with starting your journey. Sure. Um, so. It definitely is. a. It's kind of funny because I, I look at kind of where I am right now and um, it's a really great place, but it took me, it took me a bit to get through to get to where I am right now. Mm. Um, it, a lot of work and a little bit of struggles. So um, I went through about six years ago, I went through a pretty difficult divorce. Um, I say a difficult divorce and I feel like they're all difficult. I don't think there's any such thing as an easy divorce. Um, mine was a pretty sticky one. Um, it was almost, almost a 20-year. We were together for almost 20 years, so kind of half of my life. Mm. And we met right out, of, right out of high school and college, and he was my first love, my first boyfriend. And um, we started, we had a child pretty early, and um, just kind of where life took us after, shortly after 9-11, um, I remember where I was exactly at that moment and what I was doing, like a lot of us, a lot of us do. Right. And it was shortly after that, that he came home one day and said, you know, I really feel that I need to follow my heart and what I need to do and I need to go into the military. So we were living at the time in Illinois, just right down the road from where my parents lived. And so I believe, I kind of feel like that was the beginning of, of my journey, was um, moving down to Georgia, leaving everything I knew to be my life and what I thought, um, who I was and where I was going with my life completely just shifted a completely opposite direction because um, I stepped into the role as a military wife. And how old were you at that time when you did that? I was 28, so I wasn't okay. quite as young as your typical a wife, I guess, going into that. Um, there's a lot of women that meet their husbands and they're already in the military. And okay. so they kind of, you know, get a little bit of a feel of what they're getting into. Um, but it was one of those we were married for, um, I want to say about eight years when he joined Okay, for quite a while. And we had two children at the time. So um, I was a little older. And um, so, yeah, it... Um, there were a lot of 
a lot of things. He went into a unit that was a special operations unit. And I remember him coming home one day and saying, I wanted, I want to be an army ranger and kind of thinking, well, I don't even know what that is. What does <laughs> right. that mean? I was like, just going to ask thinking, you, what is that? <laughs> I'm thinking park ranger. What is that? I don't, right. I don't understand. And um, so the movie Black Hawk Down came on TV, I think that same week. And I'm thinking, what in the world are you thinking? This is what you want to do. And so for 10 years, the next 10 years of our marriage was him deploying every six months, being gone for four months. And it was at a time when a lot was going on in our country, a lot. You know, uh, American flags were flying in front of every single home, just all down the street, mm. everywhere across the country. There was so much patriotism and support after 9-11 and mm -hmm. really scary things. And I kind of look back now and think, you know, that it, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, that that this was kind of what was going on in my life. And it it just led us to this path that I feel became so difficult, and we just didn't know how to get ourselves out of it. And um, so our marriage, it, it, it fell apart. It completely fell apart. There were a lot of stresses and things going on. And um, towards the very end, it got so difficult and so traumatic, the things that we were experiencing. Um, you know, friends were dying and um, he had some experiences overseas that he wasn't really talking to me about and he was struggling with. And um, he, I feel like he changed a little bit. Mm. And I don't, I don't know how that wouldn't change a person mm -hmm. going through those types of things. And I didn't know how to get back you know, backtrack to, to where we were before that. And so, you know, three children later, we ended up going through a just really, really awful divorce. Mm. Um, it was, it was pretty traumatic and it completely just flattened me to a place, um, in my life. I feel like I, um, kind of lost everything at that point. I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, because when you're giving everything to support another person and their career and their focus and what they're doing, you kind of lose so much of yourself. And it was one of those things, like, I felt like I woke up and I had blinked and 20 years had just passed me. Mm. And I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, suddenly, I could do these things that I wanted to do. And, um, so, so, um, here's a question. Were you, um, being a military wife, is that a given that this is a naive probably question? Um, but does it mean that you are an at-home mom during that whole time? So at that point, at that point in time, I actually had been. So we had an eight-year difference from our first to our second. And then I chose at that point to become a stay-at-home mom. And so I was a stay-at-home mom with our second and third son. And um, when we went through our divorce, our third had just started school um, when it kind of, I guess, the process of us leading, it was a long, I would say it was probably a good four years before, um, you know, I started going, I went back to school, started focusing on some things I wanted to do. And um, so a lot of women are stay-at-home moms. And not necessarily by choice, sometimes because when you have to up and move every few years, mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to start a professional career and then have to up and move. And a lot of... Um, or if your husband is gone as much as they are gone, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. It just and forces you to be 
the parent. Right. And it's not just when they're deployed overseas. They could be home and they could be working these long hours. Like my husband, um, he, you know, I'm remarried now. Mm -hmm. And my husband is um, also in the military. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll have to backtrack and kind of fill in the blanks there in a moment. But he, you know, he gets home from work sometimes at 10 o'clock at night. And he gets called in on the weekends and, you know, he's, he doesn't work a nine to five job. It's not like that. It's, you know, they can get called at any moment. He gets phone calls at four o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and has to go into work. Um, so I call it a, a lifestyle. It sounds like it's a lifestyle. It really right? is. A, it really is a lifestyle. It really yeah. is. And I feel like um, a lot of wives would agree with me because, it's a very rewarding. It sounds maybe to an outside person like, wow, that just sounds terrible. And, um, But, you know, there's there's so many things that are rewarding because the friendships that you develop. I was going to ask you about the support, the women's support. The, the friendships are unbelievable. Um, I had times where, um, you know, my ex-husband would be deployed overseas and we would have to put out a red message. So we had either a death or an injury or something like that to one of our men that was over. And I remember being out um, one time and I was running errands and I had to sit there in my car for 45 minutes because I had six girls I had to call and deliver this message. We had um, a really bad, um, a Black Hawk had crashed and we had like four people that had died and several injuries. So it was a pretty big situation. And I remember having to make those phone calls sitting in my car because I was worried that if I started driving, that I wouldn't be able to focus oh, yeah. on having to have this conversation. And um, so I would make the phone call and pull myself together and mm. give them the news. And then I would cry in between and then make a phone call and call the next girl and give her the news. And so the things that you go through, it just bonds mm. you in such a way that it's like a sisterhood. It's a really strong friendship that even when you, you know, are stationed in different places, you know, you move, those friendships stay and they're they're lifelong friendships. I I would think that's almost required just for your sanity alone, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, how what really matters in life suddenly becomes clear and comes to focus Mm. when you're living that lifestyle. Because um, you have to focus on it's those little moments that you get together as a family that you make those memories and you do the best that you can mm-hmm. at that at that time to develop, you know. So holidays sometimes are not celebrated on the days that they actually happen. You have to improvise oh, okay. and you kind of maybe celebrate Christmas a month late or you have a we had a family birthday party one time. Um, before deployment, and it was a big cake with everybody's name on it, and we all <laughs> sang happy birthday, and we blew the candles out because my ex was going to be deployed on everybody's birthday. So we made a point to make it a you family know, birthday a party. family birthday, yes. <laughs> and you just have you to do kind of embrace that. Yeah, and so, um, you know, some of the things that we get caught up in I think just as, you know, people like glamorous lives and um, maybe materials and all those kind of things, they're just not as important. Mm-hmm. You know, you you realize how strong your family becomes. You kind of have to develop those relationships with your kids because imagine the things they go through on their end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when dad's gone all the time. 
So tell me about, if if you want to, how you met your current husband. Yes. <laughs> so um, we we really have a fun story. I, I love I love sharing our story. So I actually met him when I was just really in this just really terrible place. So I was in my mid thirties, maybe led to mid to later thirties. I think I was about thirty seven. And um, because I got married at twenty, I didn't have those fun early twenties of you know being in college and going out with friends and having kind of this fun time. So I let myself kind of you know let loose just a little bit you. and had fun you. and lived to those twenties that I had missed out on and um, had some really great friends that were just really supportive at the time. And um, you know I was I was struggling with really dark, deep depression at the time mm. and some some pretty bad anxiety. And um, it was to a point where I had become physically sick. I ended up in the hospital. Oh, um, I'm about 5'10", and I went down to about 119 pounds, if you can imagine. Oh, my goodness. So um, they were kind of pulling me out a little bit, too. Like, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to go here. We're going to have a great time. And it was one of those types of nights that I just really wasn't feeling like being out. Mm-hmm. And if I had known that any, you know, I thought it was just going to be a couple girls that right. were going to be getting together for dinner. And if I had known otherwise, I probably wouldn't have gone. So I um, met him through a mutual friend. We kind of had a game night. And I remember seeing him for the first time. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, he is so attractive. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, he... Uh, you know, we kind of talked a little bit, and it was really funny because um, – so my husband is actually eight and a half years younger than me as well. <laughs> Go, girl. And <laughs> so when I found out his age, I remember thinking, oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I thought that at that time that I was going to not marry military again. I decided that that was a change I was going to make for myself and for my boys. Um, but my husband was a game changer. We kept running into each other. Through our mutual friends, we would be out on the airfield. Our friend had gone through airborne school. And so we went to a graduation. We ran into each other. We went out to um, watch her jump, her first jump after she graduated. And he was there, and I ran into him. And I remember the first conversation that he had, that he came up to me for the first time. It was on the airfield. And we were stationed in Georgia at the time at Fort Benning. And he came up to me. And my ex was getting ready to come back from a deployment. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about divorce before he left. And when he got back, that was when he was going to, um, we were going to really just move forward with the divorce. And I was starting to feel a little better. I was, you know, um, trying to find my life path and figure out where I was going. And he came up to me and he said, um, you know, I heard, I heard that you're, really worried and concerned about him coming back from his deployment. And he said, but you don't have to be scared. You don't have to worry. I'm going to make sure you're okay. Mm. And it was kind of this feeling of, um, because at the time I had felt very, um, very, I guess, anxious and um, concerned with um, the changes that my ex was making. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was really nice to know that it's going to be okay. Mm. You know, it, it's going to be okay. We've got, you've got some friends that are here and they're going to support you and it's going to be okay. And so. That just um, made you feel safe. It did. That, right? It did. He said that. Yes. I felt this kind of, I mean, I think I even like gave a big, big sigh. Yeah. And it was kind of this internal sigh as well. And then I just suddenly just felt 
this sense of safety and security that I hadn't really been feeling for a while mm. when my world was so turbulent and shaky and I didn't know what was going to happen and what was going on. Um, it suddenly was okay because mm. I, you know, I'm that girl that I have to have a plan. You know, anytime I go on vacation, there are like all these lists. I've got like 10 different lists oh, and everything's you, organized. You are type a. I'm very type A. When people come visit, I will write out menus and, you know, it's, it's terrible. It's really terrible. <laughs> I have to be organized and I just have to know. I have to know my path. And um, so for a short period of time, for the first time, I just didn't know what it was. And so um, we started talking and um, I tried really hard not to, to um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know if I was ready. I didn't know if I was ready mm -hmm. to put my heart back out there. And, you know, there's a funny thing about being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really learned, um, because before this, I was a very private person. I was very closed up and um, kind of full of a sense of pride a little bit. And it was really hard for me to admit when I was struggling or if I had made a mistake, it was really hard to admit that I made a mistake or point something out. And now I feel like I'm the first one that will laugh at myself. <laughs> you know, um, I'm a lot more open because I feel like I've realized that vulnerability is strength. When we're vulnerable and open to other people, it creates a sense of strength in ourselves. And it kind of, it's that inner voice saying, it's going to be okay. You know, and then you also allow people to circle around you and support you in a way that you maybe wouldn't have been able to feel or experience had you not become vulnerable mm -hmm. and expressed to other people that you were being vulnerable. Um, no, that's a great point. And it sounds like it's also your environment has a lot to do with it, right? And your husband gave you and gives you that environment that he makes you feel safe so you can be completely open and be yourself. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, that was the one thing, one of the things that I fell about him, fell in love with about him was he is so different from me. I'm one of these people that I'll sit here and I, at least I was a lot more like this. I would sit there and think about how to say something before I would say it. I was very careful and filtered. And I grew up, my dad was raised um, Air Force as well. His, his dad was an Air Force officer. And so I grew up very proper and well-behaved. And this is how you behave when you're out in public. And, you know, you kind of put on this face sometimes. And that's kind of what I would do. I would, everything's okay. Everything's fine. And inside everything could be just crumbling and falling apart. But never show it. But never show mm -hmm. it. You know, I actually had a person tell me one time that I don't, I look like I've never had a hard day in my life. And I just <laughs> laughed and thought, oh, man. Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew the hard days. I feel like at one point in my life, that's all I had were hard days. And you just get up in the morning and it's okay, one day at a time. You know, just I'm going to get through today and I'm going to make it in one piece and I'm going to make sure my kids are fed <laughs> and they get their homework done. And you just have those basic goals for that day to get through. And my husband, James, is so different than me because he is so truthful, almost to, you know, he'll just he's very blunt and forward. And he no made, filter, no filter, no <laughs> filter. I mean, he has he has a little filter, but it's much 
less than uh-huh. the filter that I have. And he forced me to really just kind of take a step, look inside and look at the things that I was doing. And he pulled me out of that inner shell that I was living in mm. and made me face just kind of the realities and what I needed to do to get better as a person, to be better. And um, so it's it's a really great kind of, you, you know, how we, each other. yeah, we kind of fill in the gaps for each other. And so I really feel like he came along in my life when I needed that so desperately. It's that, it's that thing that was really missing. Mm. And so um, we, I just fell, I don't even know how else to explain it. I just fell into this relationship, you know, and um, I wasn't expecting it. It just came along and he uh, left a month after um, for Korea and he was in Korea for 18 months. <gasps> for 18 months? For 18 oh, months. Oh my goodness. So we were dating for about a week, uh, sorry, about a month officially and he left for 18 months. And I remember taking him to the airport and saying goodbye and watching him kind of walk away, you know, with his big old camouflage duffel bag across his, you know, he's this big 6'2", just big brawny guy. And he's walking away with a duffel bag. And I remember thinking to myself, I guess I'm waiting for a year. You know, what else do you do? I'm, I'm waiting. I'm in. Mm. You know, I'm waiting for this man. And he's worth it. And so the next 18 months became us um, sleeping on the phone together because he was on the opposite side of the world. You know, their nighttime was our daytime. So we would sleep on the phone together. We would um, FaceTime constantly. We were texting. I talked to him more than I talked to anybody else. Mm. And I feel like I got to know him on a level that was so pure and true that if he would make a noise like a sigh... I would just know exactly what he was thinking. Mm. I got to know him that that well. He became my best friend. That That is something to be said is sometimes when it's over the phone or Skyping or it's actual quality time, it's not like you're on your phones or mm-hmm. being distracted. It's pure quality time. Mm-hmm. So you really get to know that person, especially if they're open and wanting to share. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way of actually really getting to know someone. Yes. So, the equivalent of what eighteen months is, I think, actually a lot more considering the times when you did spend together. That- I com- I completely agree with that because I'm I'm a very outdoorsy kind of physical person, so I like to go do things. You know, I like to let's go hiking, let's go here, let's go there. If you're sitting and you're watching a movie or something like that, like you said, it's not the same. And for me, conversation. And talking about feelings and what was inside of me was the most unnatural, most uncomfortable thing <laughs> for me to have to throw myself into. And I had I had no choice. And I would try, I would try to, and he would just pull it back out of me. He's like, okay, nope, you're going to talk to me. You're going to tell me how you're feeling about this. And I'm thinking, how I feel about this? I don't even know how to <laughs> process it or... You know, um, because I grew up with brothers. I have I have three brothers. Okay. We just didn't talk about feelings and emotions and things like that in my house. And I have three, you know, I had three boys at the time. So I'm surrounded, surrounded by, by just 
If you have an issue, we talk about it and we move forward and it's over, but we don't talk about feelings mm-hmm. and emotions. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the conversations that we had, I feel like there's nobody else on this earth that knows me to a level that my husband knows me. Mm. As scary as that may be. And he still loves me. That's the best part. And so how was homecoming for you after those 18 months? So it's funny that you say that. So at the time I was working. How could I not ask that question? (laughs) It was, it was, yeah. Um, I was working at the time as the editor for the National Infantry Association's magazine in, in Georgia. And we actually had our big maneuver conference that day. And I remember I went in and I interviewed these people from Bell Helicopter because they had this huge um, mock-up of this new bird that they were designing. And it was like an exclusive for the military um, type of thing that they were going to present. And it was this really big deal. And I went in because they actually had like a mock-up there. And I remember being so much more nervous about driving to the (laughs) airport and picking James up than I was interviewing for this, you know, amazing um, new, you know, technology that was going to be being presented to the military. So, (laughs) So funny. So I had to drive, you know, it was an hour and a half to the airport up to Atlanta from from Fort Benning. And I remember being just feeling so nauseous and so sick. <laughs> and even though we FaceTimed all that time, I remember thinking, what if he, I don't recognize him? What am I going to do? Like, he's going to get off there. And what if he doesn't, he takes one look at me and decides, what was I thinking? <laughs> I don't love this girl. I don't feel the same way that I used to about her. And the scariest part is that we were getting married that weekend so he oh you're kidding we got married that weekend oh my gosh yes <laughs> so I picked him up from the airport and um I remember seeing him for the first time and it was just kind of like that big sigh again like oh my gosh there he is mm. and then I just ran to him and then that was it. And we're, I'm driving home from the airport, and I couldn't stop looking at him. I kept turning over and looking at him in the passenger seat, and he mm. says, you better watch the road, you know, because it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, you're really here. Mm. Um, but yeah, and we had we had a very small um, wedding. He's from Ohio. We're both from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Chicago suburbs, and he's from southern Ohio. So we invited family and our closest friends, and just very small, intimate, out in a cabin, out in the woods, you know, um, type of wedding. And it was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. So when he got back, it was kind of like, there you are. You know, it just fit right back into place. Oh, that's so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. So when you were talking the whole time, you were also kind of planning the wedding a little bit. We were. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So now how long have you been married? We've been married for three and a half years. And it's funny because I feel like I feel like I've been with him for 20 years. Mm. I feel like he's been my life. Um, so a lot of changes, a lot of things. I wake up now and um, I just I think to myself, I'm so happy like this. Mm. I'm so thankful for all of the things that we have. So. We shortly found out. Um, so after he got back, mm-hmm. um, it was in September that he finally returned, and we were in the middle of a school year. So I had to wait for the school year to be out for us to actually move. So he came back, and then we were separated for another seven months until um, school year was out. 
So when we did our official move, we actually did um, the move ourselves. And we moved from Georgia all the way here to Washington. If you could imagine in this rental truck pulling a car. Oh. Um, we stopped, though, and we saw family and we saw friends. And um, we turned it into our honeymoon because we didn't really have a chance to do that. Mm. We stopped at Mount Rushmore and um, got to see that. And when we got back, we or when we got here to Washington, we found out shortly after that we were expecting. Oh. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! So when I say that my husband's a game changer, um, not only was he, is he eight and a half years younger than me, I also thought I was done having children. I was finished before I turned thirty. I had my three boys, and here I was, forty years old, and having another baby. Oh, that's so beautiful! Gosh. Yeah. So, and he looks just like my husband. He's a little spitting image. So. Oh, really? Yeah. We we um. We had our son, and um, so we're kind of, I tell everybody that we're a modern-day Brady Bunch because <laughs> I came into the marriage with three of mine, and he had one boy, and we ended up having two more together. So we've got six children total. <laughs> our son our son was six months old, and we found out we were expecting again. Um, when, when I was pregnant with my son, it's kind of one of those things where when you're older, um, they run a lot more tests on you to make sure that, you know, everything's oh, because of the risk. going yes. okay and all the risks of your geriatric pregnancy right. is what they call it. And I remember them coming back to me and telling me that my reproductive system was testing in my mid-20s. And I remember wow, thinking, they, they said, you know, I've got this great news. And I'm thinking, great news. <laughs> How is that great news? You, you know, even have more if you want. <laughs> I should be, I should be like, you know, only a few more left in there. There should be a few more eggs left. <laughs> and so when my son was six months old, we found out that we were expecting again. <laughs> and um, yeah, so... You know, birth control. My husband went ahead of vasectomy, and that was that okay. Failed. I was that failed, ask. and um, yeah. So we ended up finally having our daughter. Oh. So five boys, and we finally had our girl. Oh, <laughs> the little princess. Yes, yes. So she's very overprotected. If you can imagine, my husband's a sniper. He's been, you know, shooting since he could hold a gun. So you can imagine how protected this little girl is going to be. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's such a great story. I love it. Um, for those women who have um, been there or are going through just a really difficult time as far as um, divorce, what are some words of encouragement that you have that kind of got you through one day at a time, sure. one step at a time? You know, after um, after I got through that and kind of got to the place where I am now, just instead of living, because if you would have seen pictures before of my family, you would think that we were this really happy family. You would have had no idea what was really going on behind our mm -hmm. doors. And um, so when I went through that, I went from being a very private person to really opening up and becoming an open book and becoming vulnerable and sharing the experiences that I was going through. And it did cause some of my friends to later come to me and say, you know, it really gives me hope thinking that I'm going to find that happy ending. You know, you mm -hmm. found yours. I really believe I'm going to find mine too. 
And so they ask me those things. And I feel like um, when you go through a divorce, it, in a way, it gives you this opportunity to rebrand yourself and who you are. It gives you a moment to stop and step back and think, okay, who am I? What, what am I doing with my life? And is this the direction I want to go? Or am I wanting to make some changes? You get to kind of almost start over and start from scratch and become that person that you feel like you should have been the first time. Mm-hmm. And I did so much soul searching and digging into me and why I was the person that I was and how I could become better. And so I feel like becoming vulnerable and being able to be truthful about that vulnerability and what it is that you're going through, um, it causes this, this sense of humility and humbleness within yourself that you find this inner strength that you never knew you had. Mm. And so... That's um, a beautiful way to put it. You know, and it really does. I remember my husband telling me one time that um, it's funny because I'm the writer and I keep telling him, like, you need to write a book. You are really good with this. (laughs) But he told me one time, he said, you know, what you view to be your weaknesses are actually your strengths. Mm. And so, you know, I feel like being a beautiful person on the inside mm-hmm. is so much more important than being beautiful on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, we do so many things where we buy these cosmetics and we buy the pretty clothes and we buy all these other things to make us beautiful. But where the real beauty comes in is who we are as a person mm-hmm. and whether we're being true to who that person is. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is our biggest struggle that I feel like women specifically mm-hmm. have that men don't. I don't feel men ever go through that struggle the way that we do. Mm-hmm. I you, agree. You know, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I remember having this moment where I kind of had it again, where I went through that during my divorce and then being pregnant with her. I remember stopping and thinking, okay, am I a woman that I want my daughter to grow up to be? Mm. Am Mm -hmm. I living my life and doing the things the way that I would hope that she becomes when she grows up? And so it kind of realigned that one more time within me um, and just kind of taking a look again at those differences and the things that women go through, those inner voices that we have to kind of battle on a daily basis. Yes, I feel like we are so unkind to ourselves in a way that, you know, we are not to other people. Mm-hmm. So um, learning to be kinder and more forgiving, I feel like is probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned for myself. Um, being a type A and a perfectionist on top of it, <laughs> as you can imagine, that doesn't help. the things that I say to myself in my head are just really kind of harsh sometimes. You know, I'm constantly mm-hmm. focusing on the things I'm not getting right instead of maybe the things that are ways that I am able to contribute to -hmm. other people, you know? And I feel like that focus through my divorce, instead of being on me um, and, well, you know, I say being on me, but it really was on my children and my my ex. Um, They were my primary focus constantly. But it allowed me to kind of tend to that inner self that I hadn't um, been able to do before that point. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Well, um, gosh, time is flying by. We can just keep on chatting here. So much fun. So um, 
we are having to wrap up soon, <laughs> but I want to um, ask you one closing question that I ask. Uh, it's kind of a signature question is, um, what makes you feel most alive? I feel like that's an easy one for me. Oh, good. My family makes me feel most alive. Mm. Um, you know, I, I work from home and I've been doing that for, for a little while. When I was working as a um, reporter, a Seattle reporter, um, covering the real estate industry, I worked from home with my son, <laughs> as chaotic and crazy as that was. But I really kind of enjoy that. Um, being able to have that time and those memories and focusing on them. So before I came in today, for instance, I had to run and go bring my husband some lunch, you know, and getting to see him for just a little bit, you know, even though we've been married for going on four years, I feel like we still have not lost that honeymoon. You know, mm. we're still kind of, we kind of. Um, That's so important. <laughs> it's those, those special moments. Those, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like those are the things, it's all those simple things in life mm -hmm. that are just most important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, how can our listeners reach you? So our website, northwestmilitarywives.com, is probably the best way. We are on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram as well. Um, but when you submit to contact us, it, it emails directly to me. Okay. And tell us a little about the, um, so you're the founder of the Northwest Military Wives Foundation. Yes. Um, what is that all about? Sure. So we're, we're um, I launched the online publication last September. And it's, um, so the stories that we share are ones that are just very uplifting and motivating type of um, stories. And then in January, we actually launched a nonprofit organization. That's a way to get past and present military wives. I didn't even realize until we were stationed here how huge the military community is. Um, the Seattle area is actually the largest retired veteran community oh. in the country. I had no idea. Oh, and so um, it's a huge, it's a huge community of, of these women. And um, so to connect them with the local community, there's, I feel like there's so many really amazing veterans and women's um, nonprofit organizations that are doing so many great things here. And so to partner up with those charities in a way that we're being able to contribute, we're being able to volunteer our time to give back to the community and get involved, I feel like that's the best way to enjoy your time while you're being stationed here. Mm, gosh, that's interesting. So, well, thank you so much for being a guest, Kristen. Thank and you. thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. That thank means you. a lot. And I have a feeling listeners will be able to really um, relate on some of the things that you shared. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. And Miss Sydney, it's her last day um, with Cloud Studio. She's moving back east to Boston. So I wish you well, Sydney. <laughs> She's whispering over there. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, until next time, um, please subscribe to Real Souls. And those of you who are, live in the greater Seattle area, pop on to straighttotheheart.net for your matchmaking and coaching needs. Until next time.